welcome to another edition of Political Profundity with John Guzan and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi there. Today we got three big topics uh, that we're going to try to uh, provide some clarity for. Um, and number one is uh, Trump going third world, even more so than he had in the uh, previous two and a half years of his term. Um, and then we're going to go into the Roger Stone sentencing, uh, which uh, is very recent. Looks like he's going to do about three years, at least he's sentenced to three years. Um, and then finally, we're going to jump into the Democratic presidential race, uh, recent debate in Nevada, and uh, some more things going on. Uh, Karen, uh, Trump gets, uh, you know, the trial doesn't happen in impeachment. The State of the Union is a you know, cross between a reality show um, and, 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 and a real political event. Um, it seems like Donald Trump is going down the banana republic um, uh, rabbit hole um, even faster and, and quicker than anyone might have thought. Um, and what do you see with that? Uh, there's been a lot of different moves, a new uh, director of national intelligence, which is kind of like a part-time job. Again, he's Duke you know, making everyone, you know, part-time um, employees or acting directors, acting chief of staff. Um, do you see this as, as really kind of the erosion of, of uh, the, you know, the American governmental system? Can it come back? And does it impact him in the uh, 2020 uh, presidential election? You know, it's interesting. Um, I think back to an interview that was done with Masha Gessen, the Russian journalist who's uh, very insightful about uh, how autocracies start, given that's what's happened to her country um, with Vladimir Putin. And, you know, she tends to be, you know, pretty dark in her thinking about this. Um, it's, and it's, it, can be depressing, but she's more often than not right. One of the things she said a few years ago when Trump got into office, advice she had for Americans, is she said, don't look to your institutions to save you. And as we've seen, and as I've said more than once on this show, not to be a broken record, our institutions were never prepared to deal with a thug like Donald Trump. They just weren't. Um, right. And... That's that's the big problem. Never mind the 30 percent who support him because they happen to like authoritarian government. And there's nothing new there either. I mean, here's a newsflash for people. We've always had this element in our country. They don't really believe in democracy. Um, and, you know, the only thing the rest of us can do is outvote this group of people to let them know they're welcome to the, any kind of viewpoints they want. But they're not the majority of Americans, and they're not. But, again, when you have a solid, hardened base – that's going to back somebody no matter how terrible he or she is, that's a, that's a problem. Um, <clears throat> I, I think just, first of all, Trump was not exonerated. I mean, it's pretty obvious he broke the law. He was impeached for it. And even, interestingly enough, even though I know his approval ratings have gotten a little bit of an uptake, I doubt they'll stay there, but we'll see. Um, most Americans believe he's guilty. I mean, 55 percent and even more, and, and a lot of polls say Trump absolutely broke the law, and he's not clear of anything. Right. Um, so there's just these strange kind of contradictions going on in terms of the polling. They may give him some credit for the economy, but they also acknowledge, yes, he's broken the law. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, we've seen 
in just in the last day and a half, he's appointed somebody to be the DNI director who does not have any experience with this. Richard Grinnell never worked in foreign policy. His main job before this was to be a Twitter troll. I know he was on Mitt Romney's campaign and then got relieved of his job. I believe something to do with his personal life, um, for whatever that's worth. Uh, he's considered an absolutely terrible ambassador who has been courting far-right elements since getting into this post, which you're not supposed to do as an ambassador, period. You don't, you don't get political at all. That's not the job. Um, and he's just uh, been a complete and utter prostitute for Trump, and that's why I think he's, being, he's been chosen. Um, I, I think it's a little bit concerning as to why Trump wants him also because of what information he may have access to now. Mm-hmm. That's also a big problem, but it should be noted, I think Trump has put him as acting director because he knows he wouldn't get confirmed even by this Senate, the mm-hmm. same Senate with the majority of Republicans, save for Mitt Romney, who let Trump off the hook for breaking the law. But even I think they realize Grinnell would not get confirmed. Um, so this is this is just extraordinarily disturbing. Um, look, Donald Trump is a bad person. You know, he's not he doesn't give a crap about this office other than to keep himself from being indicted once he gets out, if especially that happens next year and he loses. So this is just about making as much money as he can for he and his odious family, adult family, will leave the underage child out of it, uh, and um, just wreaking as much havoc as possible. And he's especially motivated by revenge now. That's just what he is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of Americans can act and it, like this doesn't affect them, but eventually it's going to, mm-hmm. um, especially if he does win another term. Yeah. Um, and, you know- and, and just purely from another thing I want to mention, and we're not – really talking about this. He's made it clear he wants to go after Social Security. A lot of his followers are on that. Last time I checked, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to like it if he starts messing with that. That's that's a whole, that's a kitchen table issue. Right. Never mind what he's doing to our reputation abroad and to our institutions, which again, I'm sorry to say, we're already weak. Um, so I I'm just not surprised at anything. I'm not surprised he had a bunch of blanket pardons of people who really didn't deserve it. I I think he might be cautious only because he knows this could hurt him with independent voters uh, before the November election. He may be cautious with trying to pardon Stone right now. Uh, This is Roger Stone, of course, who was just sentenced today to 40 months in prison uh, for his activities. Uh, or and he certainly, I think, is going to be cautious with, Paul, you know, pardoning Paul Manafort. Although if he does get another term, he's going to do both. And mm-hmm. even, even if he loses, I suspect in November he'll pardon them because he's afraid they'll talk. Right. It's, it's not because he gives, you know, two hoots in hell about what's right or what's not. It's again, it's about protecting yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. And he we'll get to care Roger what he's Stone. doing to the presidency. He doesn't. Doesn't give a damn. Yeah, and we'll get to Roger Stone. He's one of our topics here. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we can, you know, you know, donate a, a, you know, a solid few minutes just to this situation. But you know, you made a lot I didn't of great. Mean to jump the gun. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, you made a lot of great points, and you know, but the one of the first, uh, you know, the first thing that you said, I think, you know, really kind of hits the nail on the head about, um, you know, the, the institutions alone can't do this. It has to be. Uh, the people who are in positions and also us who uh, voters um, to really kind of, uh, you know, effectuate any change here. But, you know, as you mentioned, uh, there was a lot of things that 
uh, a lot of powers that are given to the president that I think it was always assumed, as um, we had talked about, whether you're on the other side of the aisle um, or not, you kind of would respect that the president would make the right calls and legal calls and not go into those gray areas of, well, I'm just grasping at power. Um, and, and, and Trump has done that. And, and the two that I would point out to, um, I think of the most, you know, glaring examples of, of it, which, you know, there's probably, you know, you know, 20 or more, I think if we really wanted to research it enough, but, um, the natural, the, the national emergency declaration and war powers are two that I think, um, was a lot of latitude was given to the executive branch in order to do what they thought they had to do to respond to these situations in the past. And it, it, it just wasn't even seen that anyone would uh, manipulate those um, powers that were given in the, I guess, the thought of because somebody has to react very quickly um, but that, that somebody would take advantage of it. A president would ever take advantage of it for political ends. And and Donald Trump has done that um, in both of those cases. Um, National emergency declaration with the border wall. Um, and then what, uh, you know, the actions he took against Iran. Um, so it, it does seem like, you know, obviously those laws weren't written that way. They gave that president the latitude. They ended up um, at least, you know, passing something to limit his war powers, which probably, you know, will never get signed and, and there's not enough votes to override a veto. Um, but, you know, it's it's again what's, you know, we've kind of talked about that these items should be on the table in this presidential race as far as if the Congress would pass these things now limiting your power because it shows that we can't just have a wild card president in there Um whether whether future presidents would sign them Democrat or Republican. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that I think we need to have that discussion about. And hopefully, politically, they will be doing it. I, you know, I just think that was a great point that, you know, you know, folks need to do something about it. And 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 hopefully it'll become part of the discussion moving forward. Right. Uh, again, um, I, I just would remind certain listeners, if they're Republicans, eventually, believe it or not, there is going to be a Democrat back in that office. And the moment he or she tries anything, anything that Trump has done, we'll never hear the end of it. Um, so, and, and nor should we, because it would be wrong, just as what Trump is doing now is wrong, immoral, unethical, illegal, and just, to, you know, extraordinarily damaging to this country. It may not seem like it right at this moment, but it will have its effects. And just another thing I want to mention. The last Republican president we had, legitimate one, something Trump is not. You know, there was when Scooter Libby, who was involved heavily in the, you know, Valerie Plame affair, when he was sentenced later on in 2007, <clears throat> sorry, everyone, but George W. Bush did commute his sentence, but he did not pardon him. And if anybody has ever read the backstory on that, Dick Cheney, his vice president, was pressuring Bush a lot to do that. And Bush said, no, he was, he was accused, you know, he was convicted of a crime. I've commuted a sentence. That should be enough. And, you know, I mean, whatever you want to say about the Bush administration, about President Bush, and God knows most of his tenure was a disaster, sadly, at least he had some principles, 
some respect for the rule of law. We have somebody in that office now who doesn't. And to, people need to think about that and what that means. Yeah, and um, none you of know, it is good. He is the chief law enforcement officer in the country now. He's claiming <laughs> no, um, no. Uh, uh, the uh, the attorney general is, and we could argue about uh, uh, you know. <clears throat> how he's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and lest um, we forget that, you know, was a uh, uh, several months ago where he almost, uh, uh, you know, compared himself to the chosen one, um, you know, nearly like, right. uh, you know, so we know where his mind is at. And, you know, I completely am, am with you on some of these things. Uh, the, you know, the Rod Bogoyevich, um, you know, that whole, you know, I, I'm not, sh- you know, exactly sure you know, how that helps, uh, him, um, uh, you know, there was a, uh, but there's, you know, some of these folks had really, you know, that, 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 that he pardoned or commuted their sentence. Cause he did a little bit of both that day. Um, uh, you know, Bernard Carrick, a friend of Giuliani, um, there was a, a guy who was a construction, uh, owner of a construction company, uh, in Texas, who was also, um, you know, pardoned, um, and he, um, you know, it donated uh, you know a couple hundred thousand dollars to Trump's reelection campaign. So you know, you wonder where where all this is going. Um, don't really know the motivation, but behind uh, Blagojevich, except for you know, you know, the deep state kind of thing. Um, but obviously, there's you know, there's political calculations to all of this, um, and you know, it does. I mean, you know, to, you know, going back to the topic here. We are slipping into that third world banana republic uh, feel, um, and you know one can only hope that there there is a you know we can we can see this as a bump in the road in history, and that it doesn't fundamentally change the way um, that America uh, goes about its business, um, and that it doesn't change the way that the government is run. Um, but you know, again, there needs to be I think some constraints put on the executive branch, and and and. One can only hope that um, a president down the line will go along with it um, in order to get it passed. And the last little bit I want to throw out there, one of the items that you're talking about where, uh, you know, Republicans raise holy hell when Democrats are doing it, but they don't seem to care when Republicans are, is the, you know, the national debt right now. Um, Again, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, no talk, um, you know, among Republican circles, even, you know, Mick Mulvaney came out. Uh, very recently, um, you know, kind of you know, some on the sidelines, you know, s- you know, secret dialogue that came out. He's, you know, validating that whole point and realizing it. But the Republicans don't seem to care that the, you know, debt is as higher than it's ever been, um, whereas they skewered Obama for it. And I think you're right on with that, too. Um, you know, uh, the hypocritical bent, of, I think, of the Republican Party at this point, hopefully, will be shown. And, and at some point, maybe... That integrity will be found, but I, I I have I have little hope for that because it seems like it's all a power play. And I you know to a, to another level, I think Trump is just a reflection of what the Republican Party has wanted for decades, and they finally got it. And you know whether whether they 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 don't like some things, they like that. They just want to win at all costs, and they don't really care um, what the outcome is and what what long term um, ramifications are. They're very short-term, uh, quarterly kind of looking party, and 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 it's and it's not good for the country. And hopefully, um, there can be some people um, from the right um, who 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 change that moving forward. 
Well, I, we hope so. I, another thing you wanted to mention about Blagojevich, I think Trump did this thinking this is going to help him in Illinois. It turns out that Illinois' Republican delegation was dead set against this, and is very unhappy about it. Blagojevich is despised in Illinois. So, I, you know, again, this is just another stupid thing that Trump does because somebody whispered in his ear, and he doesn't give a thought in terms of the long run uh, you know, long-term ramifications. And he's now, he wasn't going to, you know, he was, it's unlikely he'll win Illinois no matter what. So that's Agreed. a pretty blue state now, yeah. but it, it, you know, it's, it's just amusing. Um, I, I mean, it's really, it's amusing in a, you know, combined with, uh, exactly. Disgust. Exactly. So. Yeah, no, no. I, you know, I, I agree with you with your word amusing. It's amusing. Um, from like five miles high, but when you realize that we're citizens of this country and we have to live with the consequences, it it, it does become a little uh, depressing. Uh, so, um, you know, kind of transitioning into our next topic here, um, talking about the third world and and, and Trump's pardons, um, you know, and, and, and getting into Roger Stone and his, his sentencing. Um, and, you know, maybe a good segue with it is, do you think this is all, you know, the, all the pardons, um, you know, you know, recently Bogoyevich and 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 uh, Carrick and others, Milliken, um, or Milken, sorry, um, were these uh, kind of setting up the base for this future pardon and saying, oh, he pardoned somebody else? Um, do you see it like that? And then on top of it, uh, you know, uh, you know, a fun, you know, kind of follow up to you is, is this uh, was that sentence fair? For for Michael Milken, no, uh, for Roger or, Stone. Or any, for, I mean, you know, I think you know, all of these Stone. people broke the law. They and you know, when, you know well, it's you know, just trying, it's a mu- I was just trying to segue into the Stone thing. You know, you know, where well, did you know, you know, I, was well, was 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 what he did? La- you know, uh, on 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 Milken and Carrick, was this setting up so that you know the pardon of Stone doesn't seem like such a big deal because it's just another pardon? Oh, of course. Absolutely. That's why he's doing it. It's also because, again, these people did political favors. Uh, And in the case of Stone, look, given what he knows, that could really damage Trump even more than he already has been damaged uh, by impeachment and uh, other numerous uh, illegal and unethical acts. Um, So, you know, but this is a guy who is threatening people online. He threatened the judge, uh, Amy Berman Jackson. He threatened witnesses. And, you know, he, I'd say even 40 months in prison really isn't that much. I, it, it, even if Trump wasn't interfering, it's doubtful he'd do the all the time anyway, as he has no previous criminal record. But he was found guilty in November of lying to the House Intelligence Committee. OK, that's perjury. Um, you know, he obstructed the investigation into the how much Russia interfered in the 2016 presidential campaign. So this was some serious stuff. And as uh, Judge Jackson said, you know, Stone took it upon himself to lie, to impede, to instruct before the investigation was complete in an endeavor to influence the result. And she also said, the truth still exists. The truth still matters. Roger Stone insisted that it doesn't. That's a pretty powerful statement. And, uh, you know, I, Stone is just an especially obnoxious, unpleasant person to begin with. Um, you know, he's just made just all kinds of horrendous comments in social media over the past few years. Another one who, like Trump, just seems to think no rules apply to him whatsoever. And in his case, he's come back down to earth because he is technically going to go to prison. Now, 
again, as I mentioned earlier, when Trump does this, we'll just have to watch because I suspect, you know, I, I know some, again, as I said, the polling shows him up, but I think some of these pardons aren't going to help him once it, you know, enough Americans understand what happened. Um, you know, will they be thinking about it in November? I don't know. But clearly it's just going to look like he pardoned people for reasons that have nothing to do with anything principled. Yeah. And if he pardoned um, Stone, it, though, they will remember that in November. Don't you agree? If he if he moves to pardon oh, Stone I, I between... I think so, because Stone, if he does pardon Stone, Stone, like Trump, will not show the least bit of humility, decency, uh-huh. or or acknowledgement of his crimes. He'll just go on being the same loud, obnoxious jerk that he's always been, um, and probably make a lot of news, noise, excuse me, and make news in, in the media. Um, so I, again, I don't know who's advising Trump on this, because I don't think he listens to anyone, but somebody, you know, might be telling him, you know what, these are not good ideas right now. Yeah, you got acquitted, but you know, you're still not doing all that great in the overall matchup with Democratic candidates. You need to scale back on this, slow your roll. Stop this kind of crap for right now. And maybe you'll get through this okay and win re-election. But again, Donald Trump isn't listening to anybody. That's why he's purged a lot of people who were, you know, actually doing legitimate jobs and challenging him and just has nothing but sycophants around him now. So I I, I think, that, you know, pardoning Stone is not going to be it, – it's just not going to be a winning formula for him. But again, he doesn't listen to anyone. So – um. But I, I mean, to me, it's still incredible, as it was with Paul Manafort and and some others in this circle, that they even were held accountable at all. I mean, it just does give you some small, you know, sense of we do have a rule of law in this country, as mm-hmm. imperfect as it may be. Um, and it, I mean, again, Trump's impeachment showed that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think just, uh, you know... I don't think Trump really has any good options here in terms of how the public views him, other than his base. Yeah, you know, and we so did, you I, know, and, and you know, we had talked in on this podcast before about um, maybe also what uh, 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 Robert Mueller was after um, by going after uh, Stone as he did. Um, it seemed like that he was the linchpin on what actually happened with uh, the emails and the and the. Uh, uh, when they were released on WikiLeaks and, and what that really means. Um, and and it seemed like they were trying to get information out of him, and he didn't want to give it, so they were throwing the book at him, and that's what prosecutors do so that eventually somebody well, will that's flip. Right. And, and they have a right to do that. Well, I mean, it's the way that you get you know justice on people who are being obstinate and don't want to um, you know uh, indict themselves. Um He's still in that position now, and that's where I think that now that he's been sentenced, um, you know, we might see really what's going to happen. Um, You know, we know that he might not do that whole 40 months, right? Um, But, you know, I I would have to think for anybody who's 67 years old and has been a free person their whole life, or anybody, period, but especially if you've been free your whole life— um, a year at least in a federal prison is not very appealing. Um, and, and, and so, you know, who knows what's going to happen? I would think that, 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 you know, Trump throws caution to the wind um, if, if, if Stone decides, well, I'm going to start talking to try to get out of here, um, you, know, you know, quickly. Um, 
but you never know because I I know that that won't that won't change what's happening to him already. He had that chance to 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 come clean um, and didn't do it. Um, you know, Julian Assange said that you know tr- you know Trump threw Dana Rohrabacher. Um, you know, something wasn't on our list this time, but it might be somewhat related to Roger Stone. He's just saying that. Um, they, they, you know, said that they would, you know, give him a deal if he would just say that, um, you know, everything was like Trump said, um, you know, that it wasn't Russia and, and, and all these other things. Um, you know, but this is still alive. There's still, I think that issue that, you know, Trump's able, you know, his ability to keep the base together and supporting him was based upon them, you know, uh, negating any of these connections to 2016 and Russia, I you know I don't see the base sticking with him if it comes out that yeah it it really was an organized thing and Stone was part of it, um, you know I think he loses all support and and is in big trouble if if that ever happens. I don't know if it's going to, but it seems like that's still out there because we don't know whether Trump's going to pardon him. We don't know whether Stone's going to start to sing at some point, and 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 you know what you know eventually does happen. I think he will get out of jail sooner if he does come clean at some point. I think that they'll, um, you know, um, you know, parole him sooner. Um, you know, you know, maybe that's his only way out at this point, um, besides just trying to get Trump to, to 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 do it. But I think it's a political miscalculation. If he pardons Roger Stone, um, you know, you might as well just, you know, say it's over. Uh, you know, do you do you, do you feel I, that same well, way? Look, I I think look again. We talked about the base. Most of them will stay with him. But again, there's 10 to 15 percent of people who voted for Trump in 2016 regret it. Um, I'm not saying they're going to vote en masse for the Democrat, but they may just decide to pull the lever for theoretically Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or Pete Buttigieg, you know, whoever gets that nomination because they're sick and tired of this just rancid corruption that this man has unleashed in this country. I mean, it's always been part of our political system, but Trump put it on steroids. Um, And, uh, you know, again, he's going to need every single voter possible to eke out another win. I, you know, yes, Trump, I'll I'll say this now, Trump could very well get reelected. That is more than possible given our electoral college. Although I think it will be a situation where he barely wins the EC again, but loses the popular vote vote by even more than he did last time. Mm. And that's going to have its own kind of damaging effects to our political system uh, that the GOP should be concerned about. They're already very nervous about losing the Senate this fall. Um, so I, again, Trump doesn't, I, I, I know I keep repeating myself. I'm sorry, everyone. Trump doesn't listen to anybody that has any common sense. So uh, he thinks that he's, you know, he's untouchable. He thought he was never going to be impeached. He thought he could break the law last July. Well, you know, he did. He was. Um, and he, he, you know, he was held accountable for it. So I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Roger Stone. Uh, he was you know, convicted, rightfully so. Um, we'll see if he does any of the sentence. And it may be Trump is actually does listen to somebody and doesn't pardon him right now. So it's, you know, all it's, it's a terrible situation all around. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, in my lifetime, I cannot recall a person in the Oval Office doing something like this and just part. I mean, I suppose we could argue in Ford pardon Nixon, which cost him, you know, a full term as president. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, and, and we could argue that Bush pardoned 
Bush Sr. pardoned some people from Iran-Contra, which to this day, that's a black mark on the late right. president's record. Right. Um, we had Bill Clinton pardon Mark Rich, which was just absolutely inexcusable. Um, but none of them pardoned just in mass people who just clearly committed extraordinary crimes. Yeah, no, and, There's the difference. and usually not in February either. Um, you know, a lot of these were these, you know, you, they're, they're going out the door and they kind of do certain things. Um, you know, this seems directed, it seems calculated um, to, to really send a message to Roger Stone as well, don't you think? Yeah, of course. That's what he, what, look, he didn't do this again out of any real respect for, I don't think he even cares about Roger Stone. All he cares about is that Roger Stone will not talk. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. So let's go to these folks that are trying to make sure that uh, Donald Trump doesn't get elected, these Democratic uh, candidates. Um, uh, you know, Sanders and, and Buttigieg basically come to a dead heat in Iowa. Sanders takes uh, uh, New Hampshire. Um, and, you know, here we are uh, getting into the territory that at some point Biden was going to be strong at in Nevada and South Carolina. He had led um, with all the attacks on him, also him going out there and showing that he's he's nearly an 80 year old version of the Joe Biden that everyone knows. Um, it's been it's been a struggle for him. He's not out of it yet. Um, but, you know, obviously the the uh, kind of the. I guess lack of results at this point for Elizabeth Warren Warren is a little bit surprising how how f- kind of far she's fallen as well as Biden. I mean it was kind of a little bit more logical I think for you know Biden he was he's obviously uh vulnerable with all the you know Burisma attacks and just kind of the negative smearing on him. Um and besides you know his age um that was you know it's somewhat logical I think you know what it what you know his kind of dip um, but, you know, Warren's isn't, you know, to me, it's really kind of grabbed me by surprise. Klobuchar's strength and I think her ability to really kind of grow through this. I think, you know, whether I just didn't know her well enough or didn't do enough research on her in the beginning. Um, but I think she's a lot more of a credible candidate than I think we gave her credit for on this podcast at some point. Um, you know, you know, Buddha judges, you know, he's got that young energy, um, you know, and, and, you know, he's going to stay within it. Uh, Sanders, Staying as strong as he did in Iowa and New Hampshire um, was impressive, and how he's looking like he's really, you know, going to be there in Nevada as well. Um, and so, you know, you never know what happens on Super Tuesday. I get, uh, you know, obviously we'll know a lot more in the second week of of of, of March than we do right now. Um, Bloomberg also really had a bad debate. Um, looked like he had never been on a presidential debate stage before. Um, you know, all of his money couldn't make up for it. And, and they, and they went after him as being a billionaire. Um, it, it, it does seem like, you know, he's, he's, he's going to have a really hard time, uh, getting the nomination or it's, it, you know, at, at, at this point, but Sanders seems strong. Um, and, and Klobuchar as well. I, you know, those are my two surprises. Do you have anything else that's standing out to you? I know we've heard the whole mainstream media narrative. This was a bloodbath, and they were beating each other up. And, you know, here's a newsflash. Yeah. Debates are supposed to be exactly. debates for a yeah. reason. Uh, candidates are supposed to now. At times, yes, it got heated. But they're, they're hey, they're pointing out their opponents' flaws. They're not saying they're evil incarnate, but they're saying, look, I'm the better choice here. And it's amusing to me. I, you've heard a lot of people on the left 
kind of complain, oh, they didn't talk about Trump enough. You know, because it's funny, John, all you ever hear is, oh, nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to hear about kitchen table issues. Well, guess what? That's what they were discussing last night. Who's got the better Medicare plan? Who's going to fix our student loan issues? You know, who's who's just climate going change. to protect Social Security? Yeah, yeah they're also talking you know, about climate change. And climate change, yes. Things that also matter besides, you know, defeating Trump and trying to heal and repair the damage, some of which I, I don't think can be done, but whoever the, if beats him in November is going to have to try to do no matter what um, for this country to, you know, for its democracy to, to get back to some even keel. But, I, you know... I, I felt like listening to what I did, I felt honestly like Warren had a really good night. Um, I agree with you that Sanders and, and Klobuchar, who, you know, definitely are stronger. Sanders certainly is the strongest candidate, candidly right now. Klobuchar is the one to watch. But I, I think Warren was on, you know, to use a, a cliche here, on fire. I mean, and she really, really sort of hammered Mike Bloomberg. And I you know, I appreciate how the mayor, the former mayor, trolls Donald Trump. He is one of those who really seems to get under Trump's skin. And there's not a thing wrong with that. Um, but but clearly, Michael, Michael Bloomberg right now, he, he's just he, he has a lot of negatives in his past that I, I don't think he's properly addressing. I certainly don't think he's a monster in the way that Trump is. But you know, this man does have a, a history and a past of making some pretty terrible comments. Um, and unless he can find a way to explain those or at least fully apologize for them, he's going to have a lot of problems. Yes, he's got the money. And he's, look, he's a tough New Yorker. Uh, he knows how to take on somebody like Trump. Although, in fairness, I think so does Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. That's why you keep hearing Trump isn't going to debate anybody, because he knows every single one of them would wipe the floor with him, just as Hillary Clinton did. For you know, about mm-hmm. four years ago, right, he doesn't right. dare. He doesn't dare debate one of these people. He knows how stupid they'll make him look, uh, which isn't hard to do. Um, but you know, I I just think those are my observations from this. And I just there's just a lot of anxiety people have right now, still tied to what happened in Iowa, and even you know, even though New Hampshire had much higher turnout. The Nevada caucus looks like turnout's going to be a lot higher. I don't think there's a lack of enthusiasm here. But – and it's just amusing to, to hear these takes about the Democrats. Let's remember what the 2016 primary season was for Republicans. There was nothing particularly enjoyable about that either. They were arguing about the size of oh, their yeah. – um, Oh, yeah. Anatomy, shall we say. And I that in itself was just disgraceful. Yeah, you know, that um, was a, you know, and, as you mentioned, it was not a, uh, a, a a Sunday picnic either for those Republicans. No, it was a it was horrible. And then, of course, Trump is the main reason for that. And he, he lowered he frankly lowered all of the candidates there along with him. Um, so I, I you know, but that's our short term memory. Everybody acts like, oh, somehow this debate season is is just the worst. No, it's not. No, no. It's candidates just they're fighting for that nomination. Yeah, now, and, 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 do we and, want and them? It does get tighter. Okay. It will. It does also get very um, uh, contentious the closer you get to the point that hey, you're either going to stay in or you're going to be gone. Right. Exactly. And they've 
you know, it's it's amusing. I did see something on Twitter from a, a she's a political activist and a, has her own podcast named Kimberly Johnson, and she's not the only one who said this. She said Americans complain about how ugly these campaigns are, but otherwise they don't pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. And Bill Bill Clinton once said Americans also claim about you know claim to not like the negativity in campaigning, but they often reward it. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm sorry to say it, that is a, one of the painful contradictions in our voting populace. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you say you want everybody to be nice, well, then vote for the candidates who do that. Pay attention, research an issue. But then you turn around, I don't mean you or me, but, sure. you know, you vote for somebody who's about as horrendous an individual as as exists on the planet. And yeah. that's who, who's in the Oval Office right now. Yeah. And, so you... I, I, and I'm not saying every voter thinks like that. But again, there's these weird, again, these weird contradictions you see in these races. And I... I, I felt listening to what I did for this debate, yes, it got contentious, but nobody was physically beating up on somebody. They were, yeah, they were calling each other out. And that's what has to happen until you, you finally have the person who's got the strongest message and, frankly, who is going to be tough enough to mm-hmm. deal with Donald Trump. And, and we all know, frankly, this this election season, especially after the conventions, I mean, I, you know, it's not going to be pleasant. Right. You know, and I, so, you know, you know, one of the interesting things that I've kind of, you know, looking at the Democratic presidential race, um, it does seem like, you know, Bernie Sanders is the Donald Trump of 26 of, of 2020. Um, and, you know, my, you know, some people might be what? And I, I just mean in the, in the, uh, situation of that he represents a strong part of the base. He will get, always get his 25 to 30%. And it's the same thing that Trump did in order to get the Republican nomination. Um, mm-hmm. The other mainstream candidates, the middle of the road candidates, were all splitting up the other 80 to 70% of of the vote. Um, and, and, and so you had five or six people each getting 10, and Trump was winning. Um, and I see that same dynamic happening here in the Democratic race. It, it, it's that you have that 20 to, you know, 25 to 35 percent that will vote for Bernie. Um, and everybody else is splitting up those Klobuchar, Biden, Buttigieg, Bloomberg. They're all the middle of the road folks. And they're really splitting up the rest of it. And it seems like, you know, Warren and Sanders are kind of aligned and he's getting that traction. No matter what she does, people are just like, well, I'm going with Bernie. Um, you know, either he's been there or they just like his delivery. I don't know what it is. But mm-hmm. it, it does seem like, and that's where the numbers show where Klobuchar, Buttigieg, uh, you know, B- uh, Biden, Bloomberg are. They're really splitting up um, the 60% that's left after you're, you know, going to, to, to Sanders and Warren on one side of the party. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, that's a very interesting bit to it. And I think that depending on what happens in Super Tuesday and who might drop out at that point, um, that other mainstream candidate still has that chance to, to you know, to go through and, and, and overtake that. Because I, I still see that at, you know, there's a lot of people that still have a problem with, you know, you know, you know the socialism label with Bernie, even in the Democratic, um, you know, uh, voting block. And, you know, I do think that people will unite behind anybody, whether it's Warren or Sanders, um, is, especially if they come from the left and not from the middle. Um, I think it's a lot easier for 
those that are in the middle to to jump on the Sanders bandwagon than it is for the Sanders folks to jump on the Biden bandwagon or um, the Klobuchar bandwagon. Um, but I, you know, I, I do see that that's really where Bernie's um, strength has come early is that big field has helped him because he has such a strong part of the base. And, 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 you know, that's why he's the Donald Trump of 2020, uh, not because of what he does or as controversial as he is, um, but just that, you know, what he's doing to the field and his strength is, is a little, um, uh, you know, not as clear as the numbers show, you know, and everybody wants to say, well, he won this and he did that. Um, you know, I still see that the middle is still a bigger piece of the pie at this point, and he's not really dominating out there. And who knows what happens when you only have one mainstream candidate to go against him. I don't know that he would be doing that if it was just, uh, you know, any one of those moderates that I mentioned. Um, if it was just that person against Bernie, I don't know whether he wins those two races and whether he, he, he does well on Super Tuesday either. But that's not the dynamics of this race. Right. I mean, again, we'll just we'll have to see how it all shakes out. I, as I've just said about this entire election, because you keep another narrative is, is that, you know, Trump's definitely in better position to win reelection. Maybe, maybe not. I think we've seen in a lot of elections past, whatever people think is happening isn't. And so I you know, again, whoever gets this nomination, they're going to have to be prepared full on for how the Trump campaign is going to operate and be prepared to respond to it quickly and keep ahead of it. So I, you know, I, I in my again, to, to recap how I felt watching this debate, I think Warren had a really good night. Um, but I think, again, it's, it's still a very open field. Maybe not for Michael Bloomberg at this point, but, you know, it. It remain and or Joe Biden, uh, who uh, we've still got, you know, as you said, Super Tuesday, California, you know, the Nevada caucus to shake out. Um, these South are states Carolina. with much more South Carolina. Absolutely, these are states with much more diverse populations that are much more reflective, frankly, of this country today. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to Iowa or New Hampshire, both lovely, lovely places for sure, with a lot of great people in them. Um, but you know, in not terms many, of, I mean, of the know, overall demographic, right? Yeah, not many Hispanics, not many blacks, not many anything besides, um, you know. Uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant folks. Um, well, and, just, and, and again, no disrespect to those, you know, folks either, them, right. but yeah. <laughs> they're not reflective of where the Democratic Party is going, candidly. Or the world, right? So, right. And the country. Or, or the world, absolutely. Right. And I just, I don't know. I just, that's why I keep telling everybody I know who's very anxious about this year, and I can't blame them, given everything we've seen in the last three or so years, you know, tune out the noise. Follow your candidate, research the issues, and above all, vote. That's right. That's how you can not go insane. (laughs) Karen, as always, a great conversation. There's no one else I enjoy talking politics with as much as you. (laughs) Thank you for your time today. Um, I know we did, you know, we kind of talked about wanting to talk about the Florida um, appeal that failed uh, and allowing felons. So I'll let you take it out with that and then um, we'll say our goodbyes. A a good little, a good piece of news. Uh, The legal and political battle over voting rights in Florida has uh, now been adjudicated by a federal appeals court and that has ruled the law limiting voter rights of people with felony convictions was unconstitutional. And this is something, by the way, 
Florida voters, you know, and this is hardly a blue state, as we know, uh, voted for to let people with, a, you know, who'd done their time, you know, had, had mended their ways, but they had felony convictions to go ahead and be able to vote. And of course, the GOP, you know, led by Governor, Governor Ron DeSantis and the Republican controlled Florida legislature didn't like that, which, again, I'm always my question to anybody of either political party. You should want everybody to vote because that really shows your strength as a party and for your candidates. So, you know, we'll see where this goes. And it's I mean, American, certainly isn't go it? to the Supreme Court. Isn't but that an American it, ideal that everyone should vote? It should be, shouldn't it? Um, uh-huh. So, you know, it's again, this is hardly over. Uh, I but I think it just goes to show, like, here comes the broken record again. We still do have a court institution in this country. Mm-hmm. And every now and then it can surprise us in good ways. So um, that's, uh, that's my uh, yeah, last and, take on that. Yeah, my last little bit to it, too, is, you know, Roger Stone should be happy with that, too, because that means when he gets out, <laughs> he'll be able to vote. Because he does live in Florida, right? Isn't that where his residence is? <laughs> Yeah, Rod, you'll get to vote. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, uh, anyway, Karen, thanks again. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk at you next time. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.